What's going on, members of Rogue Squadron, Black Squadron, Phoenix Squadron, and every pilot in between? This is a brand new episode of Octo Radio. I am your host, as always, Alden Diaz, and we are here to talk Star Wars news, Star Wars feelings, all your Star Wars inner thoughts, and all those geeky deep dives that we fans like to take. Uh, It's an interesting week right now for Star Wars news because we finally have a new emotional goal in sight something to look forward to what exactly is it well we don't know but this happens to be the prime fandom where untitled can still spark that much excitement i mean you get it in marvel 2 where you know that uh untitled marvel release does mean something that you're going to enjoy it's going to be part of the overall narrative but star wars is just so absurdly secretive especially since J.J. Uh, Abrams ushered in this new era that sometimes it really feels like we just are going to be left in the dark until, you know, only a few months beforehand. You know, we this untitled trilogy that's on the horizon now, 2022, 2024, and 2026. First of all, it's absurd to think that this trilogy is going to fall uh, into my 30s, which for me just adds a whole new level of Uh, anticipation but also a feeling of you know this legend growing of these stories uh, taking shape in in strikingly different parts of my life Uh, that is going to be a really weird experience I'm sure things are just going to be different for all of us by the time this news hits Uh, but before we get into it uh, we'll get into it a little bit more uh, later on in the show got a little bit ahead of myself there Uh, I do want to talk about some smaller things in the fandom for right now I've been catching up on some Star Wars comics over on Free Comic Book Day. I went and I got the the fun uh, Han Solo a Star Wars Adventures comic. That was one of the Free Comic Book Day specials. That was a lot of fun. Uh, and I've been catching up on all the Age of One-Shot specials. These have been some of my favorite comics that Marvel has put out under the Star Wars banner because it really allows, in the same way that something like a Forces of Destiny animated series did, uh, it allows these canon writers to flush out these on-screen moments. So, for example, one of the ones that I just picked up was the the Grand Moff Tarkin issue. And he's not really a character that ever really interested me too much. Uh, you know, some of the Imperials that do, uh, you know, pike my interest are guys like uh, General Veers or Grand Admiral Thrawn. You know, the ones that had... Uh, flavors that were unique within the entire grand scheme of the Empire. I, I never really thought that guys like uh, Tarkin or Gergerod or or Piet or any of those guys or Nita, they all sort of seem to be in the same mold. You know, I really liked Krennic as well because he, he veered off into a, a really different territory, both visually and just in terms of his personality. But this issue is the most that I've ever liked Tarkin. We've gotten some of his background before uh, in the context of Clone Wars uh, and things like that. And we've seen him before the events of the original trilogy, uh, but still close to that era in more of a fully formed way with Star Wars Rebels. But this issue gives you some insight into his childhood, into how uh, viciously he was raised, you know, forced to to kill or be killed against, you know, the beasts of his homeworld. I'm, I'm forgetting the name of the planet off the top of my head. I don't have the issue in the studio with me at the moment. But it was a great look into his family life, into what he thinks his troops and uh, subordinates deserve versus what he actually does. That there's a simmering, uh, bloodthirsty rage 
underneath that cold, calculated uh, Peter Cushing exterior. Uh, and he will exact that rage in other ways as he goes uh, about his business. So you'll get instances where, you know, in the comic, he, he considers brutally attacking one of his uh, subordinates who he believes does not have the will necessary uh, to enact uh, the devastation that the emperor and the empire as a whole wants to enact. And he pictures this entire just like bare knuckle fight. He takes his shirt off and he's got scars and it's just brutal and and, and weird because uh, he's old and, you know, not that that's a problem, but it's just we see him as this veteran actor in, in Peter Cushing and this this frail old man that uses his mind and his uh, military strategic might and his technological might. You know, the, the technological terror of the Death Star. But he just straight up just beats the hell out of this guy. And then you realize that it was all happening uh, just in his head. And instead, he has a much colder, a more calculated plan that he gets to later in the issue. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. I also got a chance to read the Leia one uh, and catch up on the, the special, which has stories featuring Biggs, Darklighter, uh, Jack Porkins, Yoda, IG-88, uh, IG-88, another character that I've never been that into, but the the story uh, and also the art, which I thought fit uh, beautifully for the character, that stuff uh, really interested me a lot. These have been good uh, little appetizers for the more major stories as we've gone that, uh, you know, will we'll keep you salivated for Star Wars, you know, that, that each ton of tackle it from a different angle. And I think that that's all been exciting. You know, we went through the prequel era already with uh, the Age of Republic comics. This is Age of Rebellion. And then we'll get into Age of Resistance, uh, which is the one I'm actually most excited for. Not because I prefer the sequel era. Um, I don't really prefer any of the eras over the others, uh, as much of a cop-out as that is, because I feel like you can really sort of find good and bad in all the eras. I mean, there's stuff even from the original trilogy era that I'm not that big a fan of um, in terms of uh, books or or even certain uh, elements of the on-screen material. Uh, and, you know, conversely with the prequels, the prequels, you know, they get bashed a lot for being the weakest of the films by a lot of people. And I, I would agree with that mostly. But there's some stuff in there that I think is just absolutely uh, beautiful and, and hyper-effective. Um, but with that said, the reason why I'm excited for these Resistance ones coming up the most uh, with Ray, Poe, Finn... Uh, and you know Kylo Hawks is that it has the least print material, and because it's happening now, we haven't really had the ability to expand on it because the writers at Lucasfilm, at Marvel, um, at Del Rey, with the novel side of things, they are beholden to what they see on screen to fill gaps and add to the overall tapestry. And if they don't have a completed trilogy to do that with. It gets a little difficult. So I've always understood uh, the hesitance. But thankfully, uh, as we saw on May the 4th, I, you know, I released the Q&A episode that also had a, a little Peter Mayhew tribute up front on May the 4th. Uh, but that day, uh, segueing into some of that news, they unveiled the whole journey to the rise of Skywalker publishing uh, list, the whole wave of comics and novels and children's material and reference material that we're going to be getting in the lead up to episode nine in December, one of which is a novel called Resistance Reborn, which I'm super excited about. 
uh, because it will effectively be, based on what they've pitched, episode 8.5, which is something that I really, really wanted. You know, with Force Awakens until Last Jedi, we were never afforded that luxury because the stories are effectively a, you know, four and a half hour film in a lot of ways. I prefer to watch them back to back now just because of how one ends and one begins. You know, when J.J. decided to end Force Awakens in the way that he decided to do it, uh, whether you like it or not, it changed Star Wars. We had never had a cliffhanger quite in that way. Um, We've had endings that were not definitive uh, story, you know, endings to the story, like at the end of Empire Strikes Back, of course, but, you know, to have two characters meet and then no dialogue, you sort of put the next guy into a box and, you know, love it or hate it, Ryan took that and ran with it uh, in the direction that he was passionate about. But for the baton reversal, passing it back to J.J. for the rise of Skywalker, there's going to be some time. You know, we heard a year, uh, and we've heard them sort of dance around at a celebration. J.J. and and John Boyega, nobody really gave definitive uh, answers as to how much time has gone by between these episodes. But this book, uh, you know, it's being pitched as Poe Dameron, General Leia Organa, you know, still involved in the story, still involved in the action, which I'm really excited about. And Ray and uh, Finn, and presumably R2, 3PO, BB-8. Um, maybe Dio, the new droid, unless uh, the droid is introduced. I don't want to say he. Um, we have had male and female uh, identifying droids uh, in the franchise now, so we'll have to see um, how they refer to Dio. But unless they already talked about it at Celebration, but I can't remember. Um, basically, all these characters are going to be in it, and it will talk about the now defeated resistance on the run, uh, trying to spark some sort of resurgence, trying to light those fires across the galaxy to inspire hope, to inspire change, hopefully to assemble some allies. I mean, that's been one of the things that I've wanted to see the most from uh, Episode Nine in general would be some sort of... Uh, ragtag motley crew of different types of characters whether it's droids bounty hunters um one of my pipe dreams is to see a hut and not just for symmetry i i just think that going to those unlikely bedfellows could be really cool for the resistance uh it could be really cool for for ray and for poe and for finn as new leaders and now veterans of this particular conflict to have to go out there and make uneasy alliances because We've seen alliances within our good guys be uneasy before, you know, with the Rebel Alliance during the Galactic Civil War, when you look at something like Star Wars Rebels, or even Rogue One. They were not a perfectly unified force. However, nobody in that room when Jyn was giving that speech was really an enemy of anyone else in that room. Yeah, they were yelling at each other and they didn't know what to do, but... We haven't seen the, okay, I hate you, you hate me, and you're a criminal, and I'm a soldier, or you're a criminal, and I'm a Jedi, or you're a bounty hunter, and I'm a pilot, or whatever, but they are so much more of a threat than either of us is to each other. That guy's got to go. We haven't seen that type of storyline executed on screen in Star Wars just yet, and I think that it would be cool if maybe... Rada the Hutt, I'll say it. I'll say that I want Rada the Hutt to appear in The Rise of Skywalker. That'll be my hot take for this episode. I'll say it on the record. Put Rada in nine. That should be my hashtag for the rest of the year. 
put Rana in nine because he was saved by Jedi Knights. And I think it would be interesting to see him, despite being a hut, despite those stereotypes, I think it would be cool to see Rada now grown offer some support to the resistance. So those are the types of things I would like to see from the book. Obviously force lore as well, but just based on the way that the Rise of Skywalker trailer opens, especially, uh, and with a lot of those glorious shots, I think that we are definitely going to be getting into force lore. Of course, you know, with, with Mark Hamill's uh, delicious narration at the beginning, uh, you know, you've got Hamill delivering that old Luke Skywalker, that grizzled Luke, that wise mentor Luke dialogue that I loved. And Last Jedi, now J.J. will get a crack at it uh, with Chris Terrio as well on the screenplay. You know, a thousand generations live in you. That's that. That's the type of stuff that, that gets me going with Star Wars. That makes me really excited. Uh, I've never really been so much into, you know, the, the technical stuff. Like, there are people that know all about ships, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, that, that read a lot of, like, the cross sections and stuff. And th that's never really been me. Um, give me that lore, though. I think that's why I overall preferred Rebels to Clone Wars is that Rebels was more of a, you know, straight into your veins, four seasons of exactly what I like in Star Wars, whereas Clone Wars, you know, bounced around between, oh, I love this, not so much interested in this, oh, but this is really for me, oh, but we're back here now. And it was all good uh, for the most part, but it was, uh, more of an inconsistent, a uh, mixed bag for me. So I'm looking forward to all of these, you know, you've got the, a new, uh, YA novel, uh, force, uh, collector, I believe it's called. Uh, and it will tell the story of, of a new character who's going to be going around and getting artifacts, but almost appeared like it was a younger Kylo Ren because they said it's going to be taking place before The Force Awakens. Uh, but quickly on Twitter, uh, Lucasfilm's Matt Martin, who's always cool enough to interact with fans and to answer questions when he can, um, confirmed that it is not K Kylo Ren. Um, that you know definitely would have been interesting, but as he pointed out on Twitter, I don't think that we're going to be getting any of the... Uh, uh, sequel era backstories until much later uh in the in the timeline of, of lucasfilm in the real world i'm sure that five years from now we'll get things like uh the kylo ren luke skywalker adventures well actually i guess it would be the luke and ben adventures and in my heart and soul and fantasies that is an animated series coming soon to disney plus that would be incredible just imagine that you'll never get adam driver to come in for an animated series. I would be shocked. Like I would be blown away. But Mark Hamill also happens to be one of the absolute goats of the voice acting industry. And that would be incredible. But now I'm rambling. So let's get into the other big piece of news. Uh, earlier this week, we got news that Disney uh, was sort of sorting out their slate of new movies. And... One of, you know, which is going to be uh, Far From Home, Spider-Man Far From Home, which will be next this year, uh, a little bit later on in the summertime. But then we've got our Marvel releases, our Avatar releases, uh, but we have also dated three untitled Star Wars films, as I said earlier. And those films are probably going to be the Benioff and Weiss trilogy, originally announced as a series um, but it appears that it will be a trilogy instead. 
Um, it would believe it was an HBO boss that uh, sort of confirmed, maybe leaked, maybe he wasn't supposed to say anything about it. Um, but you know, he, he kind of confirmed that it would be three titles instead of you know five or six, like a lot of people are speculating. Which honestly, I kind of like. I like Star Wars happening in three acts. Um, could we get a, a long story one day, uh, something like a Marvel Cinematic Universe that goes? you know, six installments for the big crossover and that, yeah, we could, but I feel like trilogy is definitely likely. Now, could it also be the Ryan Johnson trilogy? Absolutely. Interestingly enough, both uh, Benioff and Weiss, you know, again, of Game of Thrones fame or Ryan Johnson, they're both wrapping up their respective projects around the same time. Ryan Johnson, at the time of this recording, is in the editing phase of his new film, Knives Out, uh, which has an awesome cast, by the way. You've got to check out the Knives Out cast. Uh, and then, obviously, at the time of this recording, uh, Game of Thrones is two episodes away from ending. So it really is kind of a race to pre-production. Whoever feels more comfortable, whichever story is more ironed out, I suppose whichever script Kathleen and the producers feel better about, uh, whoever's working arrangement can come together quicker, a lot of people seem to think it'll be Benioff and Weiss right off the bat, and that's certainly possible. Um, but I wouldn't count out Ryan just because he has been in the camp longer, and I'm sure that conversations about story have happened that we are just not privy to. Uh, that said, uh, I think I'm overall more excited for Ryan's trilogy than the Benioff and Weiss ones, but that's because I liked what Ryan brought to the franchise already, and I know that he will be doing at least his first installment. At least that's what he's pretty much said. I don't have an exact quote in front of me, but when we look at Benioff and Weiss, we know that they will be uh, uh, leading this series. They will be shepherding this series, but there has been no confirmation or, or even indication of who will be directing their series. You know, it, imagine a world where, you know, I, I saw on um, uh, on Collider. I was watching uh, their show Collider Live. You know, if somebody, you know releases an announcement from Lucasfilm, whoever their their publicist is or their, their PR person, and it says, you know, the first installment of the Benioff and Weiss trilogy, directed by the Russo brothers. The world would explode. The Russo brothers? They would explode. Or the first installment of the Benioff and Weiss trilogy, directed by Ryan Coogler. The world would explode. Ava DuVernay. The world would explode. I mean, there, there are so many choices of incredible talents that you would want to bring into the Star Wars world. But another thing that they've done very successfully uh, with, with Ryan is, and now with you know guys like Filoni moving into live action, is taking smaller name talents and bringing them up to the grand stage. You know, Dave Filoni meant a lot to us, but he doesn't really uh, uh, strike the same chord with the general public because they simply just don't know his work. You know, not everybody was... Uh, lucky enough to catch Clone Wars or Rebels. Not everybody necessarily knows who he is. So when we look at, you know, the overall situation, they're sort of both blank slates, but I think that the reason why people are moving more in the direction of Benioff and Weiss happening first is because we have a much larger sample size of their overall flavor with Game of Thrones. I mean, it's been a 10-year project and eight seasons, Hours upon hours upon hours of movie quality uh, production, 
uh, in terms of visuals, in terms of, of cast size and acting and locations. Uh, their managerial skills are certainly top-notch with the, the, the size of their crews and casts. Uh, their ability to work with uh, casting directors. Uh, their casting director, I believe, is, is the same uh, for Star Wars, so I'm sure there could be some crossover there. Uh, Game of Thrones actors like Kit Harington have said they want to be in Star Wars. We've had a lot of crossover in the roles already. Just look at Amelia Clark. And then there's been all these rumors of Old Republic. Now let's talk about that for a second as I adjust in my chair because this is a big topic in and of itself. The Old Republic is very precious to all of us Star Wars fans that have taken the dive into the extra material. But I caution everybody listening just for a moment against hoping that you are going to get adaptations of those classic games. Knights of the Old Republic's 1 and 2 Really, they deserve their own episodes of this show, and that would be awesome to get into at some point. I'm definitely going to have to replay them, uh, maybe in some sort of streaming capacity. That could be cool. Somebody let me know if that's something that you would enjoy watching. But despite their incredible quality, they are games based on choice. And you can go light side or you can go dark side. And we've all become married to those stories, especially to those characters, especially to one Darth Revan, or just Revan, seeing as how he has uh, mixed allegiances. Um, but I don't think that if they go back to that era that they're going to do these stories. I just don't. Uh, will there be maybe a character that we know brought into canon? Possibly. But I see this as being a fleshing out of the Old Republic or Ancient Jedi and Sith era uh, in, a, in a way that lines up more with what we've seen so far so if Benioff and Weiss go back you know a thousand years two thousand years before the Skywalker saga like a lot of people would like them to do and it makes sense it makes perfect sense if you look at what they're known for is world building is more of a medieval more of a uh high fantasy well not high fantasy but more uh epic um olden uh, legendary type feel with with different groups uh, vying for control vying for power different orders like the night's watch and the king's guard and the maesters of the citadel in game of thrones all of that seems sort of naturally intertwined with a lot of the the staples of star wars but i don't see it you know i don't see them sitting down in a room and saying oh what can we take from these games, because I don't think a lot of people, you know, I don't think that that would put butts in seats. I think that connectivity in looser ways would put butts in seats. I know they've said over and over, these will be unconnected to the Skywalker saga. But I just think that means that they won't be necessary sequels or prequels or or, or uh, filler films. But I do think that if Benioff and Weiss go back, we're going to see Octo the planet for which this show is named for. That was the origin of the Jedi Order. That Unetti tree, those ancient texts, the first temple where Luke takes Rey for her lesson about the Jedi being deified. You know, in the water there, we see that mosaic of, of, of stones of the prime Jedi. The prime Jedi could easily be a character, some sort of background figure, a Yoda-esque figure for these films. I think there's lots of stuff within the lore that you could play with here 
but I think a lot of it is going to be ground up creation. And honestly, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that overall because I trust the company and the story group and the way that they've interwoven our hints of those times uh, into the saga already. You know, in Clone Wars and Rebels, we get the Darksaber and the background of uh, uh, of the Mandalorian Wars, uh, and we've gotten a little bit of that. You could expand on all that stuff in Last Jedi, obviously, like I just said, Octo, all that stuff. In the prequel trilogy, there's the prophecies, and all of that could be roped together in a way that's extremely rewarding, but then who are the characters exploring all those things? Brand new people. Brand new people. But you're going to want to go with them because they're exploring the things that have already interested you from the films that we've already seen. I think that would be the best middle ground and the best way to go about it in an accessible way. Because overall, you don't want it to be like, oh yeah, you know, here's Darth Revan. As much as that would excite me, because he's an incredible character, you're going to make people feel like, wait, what? Is he like, is he related to Darth Vader or Kylo Ren? And Because people seem to know who he is. And then does this game count? Do I need to go back and play this or this novel? But this novel says legends. It doesn't say canon. And it's already hard to get into Star Wars. You know, for a lot of people, it's kind of intimidating. It didn't naturally flow in the same way that Marvel did. It started and made us rest and then went back to the beginning and filled it in. And then it went to the end and kept going. And then it filled it in with a movie. And then it filled it in earlier with a movie. And then it added two animated series that filled in gaps at other points. It's kind of a messy map. You know, whether the stories are messy is kind of up to you. But getting in can be a little bit difficult. That's why it's good to have a friend. And I don't want these new series to feel like uh, they're just for the hardcores. That, that's never what I want Star Wars to be. At the end of the day, it's for 12-year-olds. I will say that as much as possible on this show. And that's another thing, is Benioff and Weiss are, are now famous or infamous. You know, I will be up front. There are plenty of people that despise Benioff and Weiss as showrunners, as, as uh, screenwriters, as creators. There are people that that uh, don't enjoy having them involved behind the scenes uh, in those different ways. But they will not, I would bet every dollar that I make forever, they will not go in and start making uh, rated R um, Star Wars films with uh, blood, sex, gore, uh, and, and politicking outside of the occasional trade route mention. Shout out to George. They're going to bring in directors uh, and collaborators. You know, they've still got Kathleen there and Dave Filoni uh, taking on a more involved role. There's been some hints of that just based on some interviews. I'm just reading uh, reading into things in the same way that, uh, you know, someone like a Qui-Gon Jinn might read into it if you saw some of the interviews that we're seeing right now in real life. I think they're going to be pretty reined in. And I also don't think that they'll be as hands-on as people think. Uh, they are showrunners for a reason. And this is a different animal. And when it comes to Star Wars, Kathleen Kennedy is the showrunner. You know, and under her, you've got the story group. Matt Martin, Pablo Hidalgo, Kiri Hart, Gary Beck, all those people. Uh, I think that we're in a different era now. What we saw with Force Awakens all the way to... Uh, solo 
were the four films that they knew they were doing and that they started doing before reactions, before new plans, before next phase. It's almost like a silent phase two is about to begin. And if it's with Benioff and Weiss, I just encourage everybody to take a step back and wait for concrete announcements of story, of directors, of cast. I know that it can be really hard uh, to have uh, patience and to, you know, get excited about something when creators have disappointed you. And have Benioff and Weiss made nothing but gold in my eyes? Absolutely not. There have been parts of Game of Thrones that I've definitely not been a fan of, you know, both for personal reasons, uh, creative reasons, story reasons. But there have been parts that I loved and not everything is going to be the best thing ever or the worst thing ever. And I think that that's important, uh, especially given the fact that our particular fandom is kind of known for pushing that binary way of thought. Uh, and I think that that's something that we can all contribute to trying to end as we move into the next era of Star Wars. I've been talking here for almost a half hour, and I just I feel like there's just so much uh, uh, room for discussion, so many things that we could get into. Um, I'll end it with a little bit of a fun... Um, tangent here a little bit of a smaller topic within the overall um game of thrones benioff and weiss realm uh, as it pertains to star wars if it is indeed their trilogy that comes next from lucasfilm starting in 2022 uh i think that we're probably gonna get like i said earlier gonna see some actors maybe kit harrington some familiar actors from the land of westeros or essos and uh, for me, number one would probably be uh, Richard Dormer. I would love to see Richard Dormer come in and play some sort of Jedi Knight. First of all, the guy's got the greatest voice ever. But second of all, he just has such a mystical presence as uh, Beric Dondarrion in Game of Thrones. I would love to see him pop up. Um, but there are other actors like Conleth Hill who played Varys or uh, Natalie Emmanuel who played uh, Missandei. I would love to see her pop up. Uh, her performances were always underrated, I thought. Uh, just a quiet uh, resolve and, and wisdom and and loyalty. Uh, she would be an excellent Jedi Knight, I think. That could be really interesting. Um, but overall, I, I just think that it's going to be um, a really interesting time for the Star Wars fans. I think that the three-year break between The Rise of Skywalker and whatever this next film in 2022 is, is going to be super necessary and great for the fandom. I'm really excited about that. Uh, it's going to allow us to get pumped again. It's going to allow us to salivate and to relax and think and theorize and let the sequel trilogy sit as a completed piece in our minds as a collective fandom. I think that having the internet in the way that we have it now between seven and eight, and then between eight and nine has been, I don't want to use the word toxic, but it has definitely been a little, uh, a little, uh, you know, grating a little bit. Uh, perhaps, um, it has created some, some echo chambers and, uh, I'm sure you can all, you know, project onto that statement what you will. We have not allowed things to breathe and we have not allowed each other to breathe. And, you know, whereas we look back on the, the originals and the prequels uh, with reverence and love, for the most part, I mean, the prequels are coming around. They're this, we're kind of in the prequel renaissance right now. But we look back on them the way that we do 
because they're done. And because we know what in this one informs a scene in this one, and what in this one retroactively changes this one, and what they meant by this that turns into this, and that, and those, all of it is already connected. Whereas now we're watching it happen in real time, and that's different. So I'm personally, as much as I'm really excited for the Rise of Skywalker, I'm probably equally excited for the time after Rise of Skywalker when we're getting The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian Season 2. Resistance Seasons 2 and probably 3. Cassian Andor Season 1. Books upon books upon books upon comics. Upon YA novels. Upon audio dramas. That would be great. More audio dramas. Like Jedi Dooku Lost which I still have not completely listened to, but I'm really excited to get it finished. I think that that's going to be sort of a throwback to the days after Revenge of the Sith where we didn't know we were getting any more Star Wars. We'll forget about it. Because if these films, you know, they're starting in 2022, we're probably not going to get concrete announcements until late 2020. So we're going to have a nice long period of who the hell knows what's coming. And I think that's going to be great for all of us. But with all that said, I think that that wraps me up for this episode of Octo Radio. It has been great speculating and talking and just musing about the future and about comics and about news and books and what we might be getting, about what I hope we get, about how I think we'll react, about how I hope we react, about what I hope the approach is. I think we're in a really good time now uh, where we're looking off into the great unknown the unknown regions, if you will. And I appreciate you listening and sticking with me as we venture into that territory. If you want to support the show, a great way to do so would be to find us, of course, on all of your favorite podcast platforms. But if you're listening to the show on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please leave a positive rating. That would be much appreciated. Of course, don't lie, but it would be really great if you did. It goes a long way and it definitely helps. Tell your friends, spread the word, retweet, share, comment, like, all that stuff. You can find me personally at AD underscore Strider and on Instagram at A period D period Strider. And you can find the show on all the platforms at Octo Radio. We really appreciate you listening. And by we, I mean me. And I really hope that you join me again next time. Coming up for the end of the month in honor of the uh, anniversary of the release of A New Hope. I'm going to be doing a collaboration with my friend Robbie, and we're going to be doing a commentary over the original film, which I'm really excited about, in addition to the regular episodes still on news and different thoughts, interviews, and musings coming up as well. But there's going to be a series of commentaries leading up to the release of The Rise of Skywalker that I'm really excited about, so stay tuned for those. And as always, punch it, Chewie.